God, those communists are amazing. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Turn Up This Podcast. I'm Mike, he, him. And tonight I'm here with Thomas, he, him. And tonight we're going to talk about the Burning Man protest. It's been a hot topic in the media. And so we want to have somebody who is directly involved to talk about it. Welcome, Thomas. Do you want to introduce yourself and talk about why you did the protest, just to start us off? Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Tom. I've been doing activism for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm also a burner. And given the circumstances with pretty much everything, it's, it's hard to just say the climate, the polycrisis we are facing, I felt that a community like Burning Man, which was built on counterculture, I mean, it's a classless, moneyless society that uh, builds a city of 100,000 in the middle of the desert, had a, a, a duty to do more, to talk about the system we escape. So uh, we felt we try, we had been trying to reach out to to and trying trying to get movement from the, the official platform and 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 lots of other burners from our community, and we felt you know what I think this, this year the the ocean temperature levels and the carbon levels are reaching record. Let's let's block the road, maybe people listen and people are like, oh wow, these guys are ready to block the road and almost get shot. Maybe we should sit down and think about Kuvadis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a noble goal. I mean, that's the goal of the protest, right? Is to gain awareness and have people actually talk about changing things as opposed to just having this liberal kind of party in the desert. And I think uh, the Burning Man has kind of gotten that reputation in recent years, especially, right? And, and moving from what you said, it's the middle that stands in the way of change. Almost not the right. The right is going to be the right. The right is going to say, I'm going to make money for myself and my family first. Me, 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 me. It's always been that. And it's the middle that pretends this isn't true, that lets the right fester. And if you protest the oil companies and the big evil banks, the liberals sit at home on the couch, they watch TV and they go, ah, wow, good move, you protested the oil companies. But now we need the liberals to step in and get their hands dirty, you know? It's, 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 it's literally end of days are coming. The, the, I don't know if you're, you're, you're close to the, cl- the climate science. The, this El Nino pushed, pushed the numbers off the charts. Uh, and, and, and the entire Western Hemisphere is business as usual, growth, growth, growth. It's, it's absurd. And the burn is doing what it can to be more sustainable, but that's no longer enough mathematically. It's no longer enough to do less damage. Now it's time for, for a collective soul searching. Mm-hmm. A collective yeah, soul yeah, and I'm almost at the point now where I'd have more respect for the West to just say, you know what, we're in a death cult, we're we're going down, and we're gonna kill everything with us. At least be honest about it, because the the the, the surreality of of uh, vote for Biden and Biden drills more oil is 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 mind boggling, and the liberals keep pushing the. Vote blue no matter who. This is the most important election of our times. But Biden's pumping more oil than Trump ever did. And, and, and 
and Obama pumped more fossil fuels than any American president for 44 years. These are statistics, they're not opinions. This isn't a subject, <laughs> so subjective. At what point do people with diplomas and degrees not say, you know what? Enough is enough, you know, we need to, we need, we need radical change. And radical change comes from disruption and it, it comes from inspiring the middle, not, 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 not like pushing at the right because the right is going to be there forever. We need the middle, we need the middle to get their hands dirty. Now you make a lot of good points there for all the rights complaining about the climate agenda, either saying that climate change is fake to begin with, or that it's just not caused by capitalism, which it very obviously is. For all their complaining, there have not been any kind of measures that have been significant to curb or drilling in any way whatsoever. Um, fossil fuel use has only expanded. It's still at its peak, um, and it's not showing any signs of slowing down. But also, like you said, there is the problem of the middle, the so-called centrists or even the so-called progressives that they would like to think of themselves. And I always reference this book, Virtue Hoarding. And I can't remember the author's name, but if you just Google that title, that is exactly what it's about. It's about mm -hmm. these people who think that they are the only reasonable group and that they have the only path toward actual progress. And so they hoard all of the, what do you call it, mm -hmm. legitimacy for political yeah. power and policy. And yeah. they get us in this position where we are expanding fossil fuel use every year. Yeah. And that is the so-called reasonable progressive position um, of the quote unquote left, the Democratic Party, and it gets us into this position. And I think that's actually a good corollary to Burning Man in general, which is these people who think that they are doing something very radical in the desert, and it is very compatible with capitalism, as anybody could see the way that Burning Man right. operates. Um, right. It's not doing anything very revolutionary. So what did you want to try to instill in people with this protest of yours that would change their minds about what Burning Man should be? I mean, there are two points I want to make. One, I like to use the term, because you said virtual hoarding, it's a title of a book, I look, I look it up. I like to use the term radical centrism, mm -hmm. <laughs> because people just, you're either radical left or radical right. But I say, there's radical centrism. There are situations in life where you have to choose. Are you here or are you there? If you remain in the middle, that, that decision itself becomes radical. Because it's obvious. <laughs> There's an obviousness that you need to pick a side. But you're like, no, I'm going to stay in the middle. That, to me, is radical centrism. And more about Burning Man, to continue on the question, the, the later part of your question, is that I, I, I had already started being radicalized before I went to my first burn. But it was all theory. Oh, wow, capitalism works like this. Oh, why didn't I learn this in school? Oh, wow, it can never slow down. Oh, wow. Bup, 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 bup. But I was cynical. I was a cynic. I was a cynic. I was a cynic towards Greenpeace. I was a cynic. And when I went to Burning Man and I saw and, and I, I experienced this community in the desert, that is, 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 is really beautiful. You can't. It is really beautiful. No? This money classless society, there's no VIP, there's no security. It's all self-made. People go out of their way and work on art pieces for months. And, and everything is gifted. There's a gift economy. And if, if, if someone falls off their bike, it's, like, like it's just everyone's helping each other and co-creating and everyone gets their hand dirty. And you're like, oh, wow. So we Westerners know how to behave. If, and it, it gave me hope. Like, oh, shit. I never experienced such levels of humanity. And 
And then it became like a cult, you know, it's, uh, you have this, you, then you become part of a camp and you always want to make better food and better parties and you know, let's take an art car. And I took an art piece last year and I, the title was Radical Honesty. And it was this big ugly metal frame and we just spelt out we are the climate problem in, in wood salvaged from forest fires to get people thinking, oh wow. To start talking about uh, climate injustice, where the richest 10% are burning 49% of, of, of emissions, uh, the richest 1% fly around and consume like, off-the-charts resources. And I mean, the United States burns 20 million barrels of oil per day. The world burns 100. The United States is 4.6% of the world population. So one-fifth of the world's oil is burnt in the United States by 4.6% of the world population. We need to start talking about these things if we're going to solve climate collapse and the inequality crisis that keeps worsening. And, and, I, and I got some really weird feed, like pushback from people that are highly educated and... and, and Look at themselves, put themselves on a pedestal, like we're problem solvers, this, this tech utopian. Yes, we are the problem, one guy told me, but we're also the solution. And I told him, do you have evidence of it? Because I don't see any evidence of it. Because every technological advancement we've made has, one, been targeted at either uh, market uh, convenience. So it's not an actual innovation. It just makes shopping easier or our life more convenient. Uh, we're burning more carbon dioxide than ever, there's more plastic in our blood than ever, we're more depressed than ever, we're more obese than ever, we're wasting more food than ever, like, where is this, we are also the solution? Because I don't know if I've ever read Jevons' paradox, for every technological advancement we make in fuel efficiency, the net use goes up. Mm. So this is what blows my mind about tech people, your science and numbers, but then you cherry pick when to use science. That's not, <laughs> you know, it's like when people say, listen, this is, not, this is not how you protest. All the historical evidence is that disruption of popular events within the middle or the elites, the upper ecleons, got people thinking. And so, like, you, <laughs> the cherry picking of when to use scientific evidence just really blows my mind in the West. Like... Like a, a, a financial advisor or a banker with number, will crunch numbers to the 0.00% of the profitability of year seven. But then you put a chart in front of him of emissions and carbon dioxide and suddenly they're all, oh, 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 are, really, are these numbers making sense? I'm like, but this is like yeah. five universities. It's crazy. The, the, yeah, I mean, it is really, it's kind of crazy to watch because you see people... No encounter that very sticking point where they understand the climate science, they understand how dire it is, and yeah. then they can't understand why the action is not taken that's yeah. commensurate with the, the yeah. situation at hand. And yeah. it really takes a, a lot for people to get over that hump where they realize our policy and our systems are not directed by facts or science. They are directed yeah. by propaganda. Yeah. And that's something that people typically think of happening in Russia or China or some scary country and they can't really deal with the fact that they are also being propagandized and that's why there's a good yeah. amount of the population who does not believe in climate change or again is in that centrist middle virtue hoarding thinking that the only possible path forward is to vote yeah. for Democrats and hope that maybe just out of the goodness of their hearts they stop permitting more drilling than ever which they have never shown that they're going to do they will never do that 
and 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 these guys will call you naive when you're saying we need to change the system like you're naive you think we can change the system and i'm like i'm naive when you're telling me you want the wealthiest people that are currently hoarding more wealth than ever in history with no historical evidence of ever people at the top suddenly changing their minds it's you who's naive not me the projection is insane <laughs> but also and, burning man like you said actually provides a positive example of a different kind of system like a different way of operating yeah. and a different mode of production yeah. and so i think yeah. it's safe to say that your protests have made national news at this point and so hopefully if people are googling the burning man protests if they look up some hashtags i'll put yeah. them all in the show notes in the description so people find this but what kind of message would you like to get across for the people that actually will hear you now in like in a generous way as opposed to like the cnn article that wants to bash you guys or make you sound like a bunch of hippies or something like because what you see is a bunch of clips of like you know what were they rangers who were pulling guns on people it's just like i'm it's, sure you guys are not getting favorable treatment in the media it's it's first of all we were ready for this all all well, when you're asking a, a giant monster like neoliberal capitalism to change after 50 years of narrative engineering but succinct Hollywood, you know, this culture building of consumerism and convenience, you're going to get anger because it's holding up a mirror to Western society and, and everyone's petrified and guilty because we all have kids and we all love, right? So when you have science telling you extinction is coming, and the mirror goes, it's actually that's us that's the problem. You're going to get anger. You're going to get pushback. Especially somewhere in the US that, that has been so conditioned. It, I mean, it, it's built on capitalism and, and petroleum. So it's, it's, it's like telling people that not only their God doesn't exist, their God is an evil pedophile. You're going to get pushback. <laughs> You're going to get pushback. And, and the ugly part is that is, it, it has to be said is that we, we, we in the West, oral wealth was built on the suffering of the poor, domestically and foreign. Like, so, so we've always had this very strange relationship with the truth. We were told Christopher Columbus discovered America and that um, we helped, like the, the French helped the Africans by teaching them French and building roads for them. So Europe and the West has this very perverted relationship with the truth <laughs> so it's easy for us to lie and um, and and now we need to admit that it's all a lie to solve it so we're, that's why we're stuck in like this 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 what's the word uh, like it's, you're stuck in between two realities the physical reality where the physics is telling you too much carbon in the air you're not going to be able to grow crops and the oceans are going to boil and the social construct that's like Yes, you can drive from your suburb to the office. And, uh, and yes, it's perfectly normal to drive a 4,000-pound truck to go buy ice cream. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's not. You know, we're, gonna have to, we're going to have to sit down and have a, a massive, a massive soul-searching. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely make the case that that is the major contradiction of capitalism, in which people are overproducing. And I think... It's worth clarifying oh. that when you say that we are the problem, you do mean we here in the West, because I think that's something that people in the U.S. and Europe and the West in particular like to do when, they're, when they are confronted with this problem. 
and they say, oh, humanity is the disease, and they just blame everyone. And it's like, no, if you actually look at the metrics, no. it really is just people no. in the global north, it's people in the west, no. and no. they are no. over-consuming and over-producing no. and causing, no. because the people in the global south are actually living a fairly no. sustainable lifestyle. It's not something that people in the west no. want to do because they can't no. have their cars and their suburban houses and everything, no. but no. there is no. a sustainable way of doing this, and no. that's why there's so much opposition to no. things like degrowth no. or things like the Green no. New Deal. Uh, oh. the, the fact that Republicans are ranting and raving about the Green New Deal when it's literally not a single thing in it has ever been implemented whatsoever. It blows yeah. my mind. But yeah, yeah it's like you're saying, it's the resistance to any kind of change. And I think Burning Man is a great metaphor for that because it's these people who go out in the desert, think that they're doing something very revolutionary, in some ways are performing an act of like an alternative mode of production or living but no. at the same time are making it very capitalist because we all know about the massive amount of just like, what do you call it? Like consumer goods and glamping that goes on over at Burning Man. No. Um, and and as a, I mean, as a Marxist, the world is always changing. You can't, what made sense on Monday cannot make sense on Thursday because new information, like, we're really going to, we have to change. It's not, it's not a, 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 an if, it's a when. And the only difference is when could be extinction. And, and, and to develop the idea of what I said about, I'm almost reaching the conclusion that something like Burning Man is an obstacle to change because people who, who like burners who really follow the Burning Man and, and, and visit every year and do, and there are micro, there are smaller burns around the world it's an escape so then you don't need to look at the real world it's like okay every august i go early to build a camp i i have my community there there are always reunions around the world so then it's it's like almost uh, an obstacle to real change because you you don't look at the real world because it's too big and scary so you so you so you you end up it, it ends up standing in the way of change do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. No, I mean, they feel like they're doing something progressive, and so they're not doing something that's actually materially effective. Imagine like what these people could be doing if they were organizing with a mutual aid group, if they were organizing with a party. Um, I feel like that's a big reason why the government, if, uh, you know, for what they claim about clamping down on TikTok algorithms or Facebook misinformation, they do not seem to care about all the people who are getting involved in conspiracy theories, new agey kind of stuff that's leading them in, in just all kinds of wrong directions for answers yeah. as to why they're unhappy, why they feel alienated, um, yeah. alternatives for the capitalist lifestyle. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of alternatives being explored that are going to go nowhere and that we know from history can go nowhere. But real material analysis is, I mean, it doesn't even need to be hidden. It's just buried in all the noise. And I don't think that the government or anybody in charge cares about clamping down on misinformation in any real way because that's very useful to them. Misinformation obfuscates the truth and it's it's perfect and 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 there's a term that 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 Adam Curtis uses it's called hypernormalization. It's when everyone knows things don't make sense, everyone knows it's 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 fucked, excuse my language, and and normality becomes like this abstract which is where we are now. Uh we, if you ask a hundred people with the, with w w worth their weight in salt, do you believe in the future? You're not gonna get a yes because I mean, and 
And let's be honest, a growth system collapses imminent. <laughs> it's not even it's not even it's not even complicated mathematics. You cannot have uh, economies pushing for growth. The funny part is this is that statistically where suicide last year was the highest it's ever been. Uh, the 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 income to house to, 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 to buy a property ratio is worse than the Great Depression. So like we're we're killing ourselves for a system that doesn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the mind-blowing part and I, and I, I keep using this, this quote I like to say that we do not have a climate a climate a climate problem the climate is behaving exactly like the laws of physics said, said and physicians told us it would even a hundred years ago we have an economic system problem but we keep we're afraid to talk about it there's this elephant in the room like oh, don't say the scary word capitalism it's too much let, let you know let's do another climate protest but it doesn't make sense to protest the climate you need to protest the cause of the climate which is excess carbon excess carbon comes from the means of production. What? Why are we producing for profit? Is it efficient? No. We throw away like 82% of garments. Food is wasted in the 45 to 50% before it reaches supermarkets. We're all, we're very overweight. We're obese. Food isn't healthy anymore. The air, water, it's not making sense. So like, what, what, what are we even trying to, to conserve? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, people don't believe in it either. If you ask any, even average American, what their vision of the U.S. improving in any way? If you talk about statistics like life expectancy, um, just the level of education oh. that people are getting, uh, the level of like service they're getting in any of the industries, uh, medical care, anything, all of it is decreasing by observable metrics in objective ways. And if you ask anybody about their vision for how it could possibly get better, they either are picking a party and saying you just have to vote straight R or D depending on their leaning, oh. or they will just start pointing the fingers and saying that other countries are going to collapse. Uh, they just yeah. say that everything's going to hell in a handbasket, which yeah. is actually not the case. Like other countries are actually improving. They have been improving quality of life for their citizens for decades on end. And it's just not something that Americans are comfortable hearing about. So they tend to avoid that. And I think this goes to just the general vibe that Americans have now, which is we are in the finger pointing era. This is where yeah. the U.S. has 900 military bases around the world, and all they can do is harp about Chinese and Russian imperialism. Yes. Um, you know, or when they want to, again, going back to the environmental crisis, they just want to point at other countries and act as if yes. other countries are the problem, when it is yeah. by far the U.S. and the U.S. military overall that is yes. the biggest polluter in the world. So it, it's unavoidable truth that people... And Canada and Europe, the petrostates, the, the, the North Atlantic private yeah. capital, which is still in the hands of the same people for the last 100 years, 200 years, that led to World War II, it's the same private capital. And the, the China propaganda is just now just not making sense, because they're, 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 sometimes within the same segment you get... China's communist. Communism doesn't work. China's about to collapse. But also, we must prepare for war with China because they are the biggest threat. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't take much logic to realize you're lying. You cannot have a system that doesn't work and is also the biggest threat. So we need more budget for military to fight the system that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> like, like, help me. Like. <laughs> Like, don't piss in my pocket and tell me it's raining. At least, like, work a little bit harder on the lying because it's just so... Uh, <laughs> and sometimes it, it happens within the same segment on the news and I'm like, no, you guys are fucking... Uh, 
like China, and and it's so sad because that like it's so statistically, if you add carbon emission per capita and historically, China and India are not even in 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 the top ten. Because, I mean, the Chinese Revolution was 1949. They started industrializing in the fucking mid-70s. I mean, the, the Russians on the USSR did a massive damage, but it was obviously to catch up with the West. And like, India are rock bottom, and they're 1.4 billion. Mm. Capital, it's, it's, really, it's really cheeky, <laughs> the word. Cheeky to, to, to be a, a Westerner, because I don't like to blame too much the Americans, because the Europeans are e- <laughs> we Europeans are equally guilty at everything the Americans do. <laughs> We're just better liars. And it's like, ah, China and India, China and India, uh, imperialist, imperial, like, like, do people speak Chinese anywhere in, in the world apart from China? Uh, no, and it's like, like half the planet speaks European languages, like, it's in your face, the empire, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, why does Brazil speak Portuguese, you know, why, why is South Africa English speaking, why is... You know, it, the British stole how many trillion, from, according to Jason Hicker, from, from India. It was, it was a massive economy. They, we stole everything. Australia is another US, you know. It's like, but, but China's the empire. And then next you get, but they would have done it if they could. Like, but the Chinese invented gunpowder and the Chinese had, had, had a, a navy 200 years ahead of Europe and they, they stopped it themselves because they saw they was going to get into trouble. I don't know if you read about the gift ships, merchant ships. Mm-hmm. It's one of, it's like the Chinese had, had a navy of ships that were like four or 500 feet while Europe was just starting with 80 feet. And they were already going around trading and gifting and, and they, they stopped themselves because one of the emperors burnt them because he thought the merchants were getting too big for their boots. Mm. Something along those lines. So it's like uh, colonialism is normal. No, it's not. They, the Chinese had gunpowder. They were uh, much more advanced than us. So, so Latin America, some of the empires there had drainage when Europe didn't have drainage. We're told that everywhere was this backwards, uncultured. Like even West Africa. West Africa had beautiful cities and beautiful culture. And, and psycho went out. Why? Because the economic system needed constant growth. And we had these, these rich families that were monarchs mixed with merchants that had to grow their wealth while competing with each other. And then when you land in places like London, you're like, oh, that's where all the money went. Or Paris. I mean, that is the, the big thing that uh, imperialism defenders, uh, basically just white nationalists, European or American will do, is that they, they live in that lie of as if the Industrial Revolution wasn't purely a product of British imperialism and capitalism, and that yeah. wasn't the reason it expanded worldwide and oppressed so many people and caused so yeah. many genocides and yeah. slavery. Yeah. Um, they pretend yeah. that that's just a natural human device, and then when yeah. other cultures didn't do it, they pretend that they are inferior. Just like yeah. they will now, like you yeah. said, India has 1.4 billion people and is yeah. not in the top 10 carbon emitters, and it's like, imagine if you suggested to Western people that they adopt a sustainable lifestyle like people in India or that they just used or consumed as much as people in India. And you would get some amazing levels of racism from people who consider themselves progressives, uh, liberals yes. even. And you would yes. be surprised at the, at the things that they would say. I mean, when you scratch a liberal, you usually find a, a conservative very easily, especially when it's their own material conditions being questioned. It's quickly, it quickly, it quickly shifts to the right. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, 
what organizations I can refer people to? Because I'm imagining, you know, you've said a lot of very reasonable things. It's funny how much um, you just sound like all the things that we say on a regular basis here on the show. Um, I want to direct people to like organizations that you might be involved with or things that they can actually do to get involved because I feel like, yeah, your message is good. And just like we should be directing people to thinking of different alternative systems. Again, like you're saying, the Burning Man thing is this whole thing where people feel like they're doing something very active, very um, proactive and progressive and materially substantive, and they're not. And that's why the people who are protesting it get accosted and violently you know, attacked by police and authority figures, whereas the burning, the burning man just attenders yeah. get in there with uh, all their glamping gear, no problem. Yeah, this is this is this is this is was when I had this idea. This was my dream. Like, if if burners can build a city of a hundred thousand functioning with streets and everyone's fed, and imagine a a a official call to action all burners we are a conscious community this is our planet we're all going to burn in washington dc and put pressure on biden let's do a bare minimum because they call me a crazy a bare minimum force biden to declare climate emergency officially it's gonna get done because it's all it's all white white privileged people in in rvs and tents with music <laughs> in washington like if you can do it for a week after three four days of that like they're, they're gonna have to power of the people that was that that's the dream and, and then we can get real movement because our governments have been captured by private capital like there's and, and everyone admits it so does the right and the left that like everyone admits it even the liberals admit it that it's been Captured by the ultra wealthy, and you get this whole it's the corporations. Okay, but who owns the corporations? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or we're almost at this point where blaming the corporations and the oil companies and the banks is a bit of a red herring because who owns them? I don't, you don't. The lion's share of shares are owned by this tiny percentage of ruling class. And, and the more time I spend in the US, I find it really disheartening how few people actually know what capitalism means. They think it means trade and business. Mm-hmm. And not capitalism means you don't have money. Like, no, that's, that's, that's really not it. I like to use this example because they say, listen, you're being too ideological. And I like to say this to people. I like to say, imagine we're 100 people on a plane. Plane crashes. We all survive, 100 people. And we swim to the closest deserted island. We get onto the island and one guy, one guy says, guys, 50 years ago, my granddad was sailing and he put a flag here. Look, that's my family flag. This is my island. So if you're going to hunt, farm, or, or forage, you're, you, you, it's, it's my land. You, um, you have to pay me rent. We'd beat the shit out of him. So it's actually capitalism that's ideological because collective ownership is the natural state. There is no animal or tree in the forest that hoards wealth and energy and passes resources and passes it on to its kin. They all share resources. Some do more than others. Some do better than others. Some kill off others. You know, I'm not saying it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly balanced system, but, but collective ownership and collective management of resources is a natural state, or <laughs> the natural state. It is capitalism that's ideological. And calling them ideologies is is obfuscating the truth and and works in favor of status quo. Yeah, I mean, just ask a capitalist or someone who calls themselves a defender of individual liberty and individual rights and, you know, who thinks that capitalism rewards people who actually work. 
and rewards them for their hard work, and that's the way that it is supposed to work. And then ask them to justify inheritance. Ask them to justify how that principle works with handing something off to your children who then did no work, and then use that wealth to build up systems that oppress other people. It's like, just watch them squirm, because it literally is incomprehensible. Like, it, it's incompatible with any kind of principles of what they call private ownership, of, like, actually having to work for the things that you earn. Inheritance goes against that, and they have to defend that because... It's usually where their principles lie. They really just want to have the wealth. Really they think they're going to be rich someday. And the really sad part is that the science shows that more than a certain amount of income, I think they calculated it was like 150 grand. There's no addition of happiness. Over 150 grand, when you start really hoarding capital, your empathy levels go down. Mm. So it's like you're, you, you, become, you become a monster. And then your kids become monsters because if, you, if your child inherits 20 million, what's daddy going to tell you? I gave you 20 million, you need to make it 40, otherwise you're a loser. So, so in a sense, even the, the person inheriting the wealth is trapped within, it's like a golden prison because you're going to go to private schools, you're going to be surrounded with people talking about private jets and islands. And that's not where happiness lies. We know that's not happiness lies in fucking eating good, healthy food with good people. And (laughs) all the happiest people in the world are simple, live close to nature, have a good network of friends. They're not competing to make 14 to 50 million. It's it's scientific. It's not even an opinion. So it's it's really sad where we are now. fucking in a death spiral for a system that doesn't work or make us happy and we all admit it like it's fucking wild the propaganda the propaganda that keeps us from questioning our material conditions and the means of production and all these scary words like at some point we're going to have to and I think and I think post-covid it's inevitable I mean I say post-covid but the numbers look like they're going up again so yeah you, know, you, mentioned, you mentioned a good point also is that uh, that's a less understood part of the oppressed and oppressor relationship, which is that even the yeah. oppressors end up having to do more and more grotesque things to maintain their position of power. And so they become oppressed by the very system that they are working to uphold, whether they realize it or not, even if they feel like they are the ones that's enjoying that's the position of privilege and they very much are, they still have to, be, make, they have to make themselves monsters. They make themselves grotesque to yeah. do that. Yes, there's a beautiful quote. I don't remember it word for word, but it was Desmond Tutu talking about apartheid in South Africa. And he was saying, I don't just want to set the Africans free, I want to set, set the white man free. Because all that hate is a prison. It's a prison. It's not healthy for anyone. It's not healthy for the... Like, it's just... Yeah, it's not healthy to be chopping the hands off of children when they don't bring you enough rubber or gold. Like, you actually yes. have become a monster and you should be freed from the system that's pushing you to do that. Like, you have become disgusting. And, and the lies we, we tell ourselves and we have to pass on to sleep at night and, 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 and now it's time to really start questioning everything, you know, like why, why does America have so many places named Fort? Yeah. <laughs> like like we, need, we all need to do a soul searching and, and, uh, and this, this is why we blocked the road that hopefully burners and, and the messages were positive. Like this giant globe that we painted like children, literally with burners of the world unite. And abolish capitalism was painted on an elephant, the elephant in the room. And then there was another one, general strike for climate. And then we did uh, 
keep it in the ground, which was a, a, a slogan against oil drilling. But then we added lithium too, mm-hmm. because it's a big lithium mine in Nevada, uh, Thacker Pass. Because it's not just, let's stop drilling oil, because if we stop drilling oil and we just move to nuclear and electric, if the system stays the same, the, the rate of destruction doesn't go down. You just shift to a new mineral and material to destroy. The growth factor, has we need to produce for use. We're in a crisis, we need to produce for use. Uh, and the floods this week just really nailed the message home. Yeah. Really, we're like, it's horrible that someone died. I, I, the rumors are that he got electrocuted because it was flooded. Uh, but it's, 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 I don't want to sound like a, uh, too spiritual and fluffy, but it's Mother Nature telling us, you know, she, she sent us a new disease. Like the universe sent us this disease. We're forced to be locked down. Like, guys, think. You know, and now these natural disasters are like, like I don't know how many, 30 million hectares of, of Canada burnt. Yeah, it's been all summer. <laughs> all summer. And how many liberals were like, I'll just move to where it's cooler, north. North's on fire. Mm. And like, bells are ringing. And we, 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 really, we really hope this could be a, 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 an opportunity for burners to have difficult conversations, not just the... But I... Charity, I recycle, I drive a Tesla, it's not enough, guys. And we know it's not enough. All of us know it's not enough. Let's cut the bullshit. Let's let's I'm not saying I have all the answers, but let's let's start from a place of radical honesty and science and mathematics. Because if you have 425 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the air, and the good precedent is admitting we have a climate problem and giving record number of licenses to drill there's a gap in, yeah. in the reality there it doesn't take much no i think that's like probably one of the bigger messages overall is that people need to understand and this entire summer should have been a really good uh, message to that which is that your time for escaping this is ending like there's no future in which you can avoid this like you can't just luck your way out of being affected by climate change whether you move to the right area learn the right language or whatever you cannot escape this just for you and your family, unfortunately. We only have the way out together. That's the only option that we have. There is no individual solution to climate change. There is so do you want to, um, I, w- I would like you to, uh, do you want to start talking about yeah, the Seven Circles Alliance? I was going to ask if you wanted to plug any, of the, any other orgs other than that. Uh, Seven Circles Alliance, we have a petition to sign. Uh... The Seven Circles Alliance is an alliance we just started. We're a, we're we're a, a different platforms. It's still we're still we're still forming it. It's in its its baby years. Uh, the idea is uh, so Seven Circles comes from the flag of Planet Earth. So we want it to be something unifying and not just about. Uh, so it's guys, we're all on this ship, Planet Earth. And it's time to stop, especially people who want change. We can't stay divided. Like, this is really strange. You've got the UPS drivers striking. You've got uh, pilots striking, nurses striking, Amazon labor striking. All these, the actors and the writers striking. Guys, it's all connected. It's the system. And then you've got the climate guys with protesting the oil companies. And, and then you've got another protest rent control, another protest, fight for 15 minimum wage, and, and let's unite together under one, one platform and, and start seeking cha- change through a decolonial lens. And 
I mean, I think I think we're we're pushing for an eventual general strike where it's like, guys, the mathematics is clear. There's no future. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Let's meet in the street and cook for each other and dance. No violence. Till they start listening and we start seeing real change and we start seeing these carbon emissions going down and we start seeing laws written for people and not for profit. Isn't such a great idea? I mean, don't you just dream about like a general strike because of how easy it is like for people to just simply not go to work because they're already spending so much of their time and energy upholding the system that is oppressing them and they could just so easily stop, but they don't realize it. And just general strike is that. It literally is that if they just stopped it. Uh, but, but you don't blame them either because the cost of, of living is, is obscene. Uh, like I went shopping this morning and I bought like 12 items and it was like $50. And people are scared, and and our rulers did a really good job at not educating us. They indoctrinated us. And in power structures, the propaganda is just constantly, we're looking upwards, we're looking at the Kardashians, we're looking at, at Jay-Z is a billionaire, oh, there's another billionaire, I can be a billionaire too, we're always looking up, we're always looking up, we're always looking up. And then at the same time, homelessness is up 11%. I saw on Democracy Now! in the last year. And then Bidenomics is a massive success. It's going great. <laughs> like, that's, gas, that's gaslighting on a level. And, and at this point, like, I think they just give him documents and he reads them. <laughs> I don't even, yeah. it's, and it's such a metaphor for the empire where you have some, a criminal facing... I don't know how many indictment charges, and then someone who clearly has dementia, and 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 then you have a beautiful, beautiful man like Cornel West, who's finally mm-hmm. saying, and you're like, oh fuck, hope, and you're you're praying that someone like Bernie Sanders, AOC, and Obama say, you know what, enough, I'm going to help Cornell. No, they kick him down. You're like, oh. mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very disappointed in Bernie, but that's the of the liberal me being being drowned <laughs> yeah i mean it is a shame it's kind of already apparent that cornell west is not even going to get the kind of play that bernie had either cycle in 2016 or 2020 it's it's a shame that you can tell that they're already going to bury him but um yeah i mean i want to wrap it up here um if you think of anything else that you want to uh link i will put it in the show notes if you send it to me afterwards any other social media or anything but for everyone listening definitely check out the seven circles alliance i'm sure you can find that on any social media um, oh, oh. Go there and help out but um, thank you so much, Thomas. I really appreciate it. This has been great. And yeah, you said so many of the things that we say all the time. So you definitely align perfectly with us. But if you want to come back at any point and tell us more about the protests or update us. But for anybody, I mean, that's the biggest thing here. For anybody who got like some kind of misinformation or bad impression of the protesters there, um, I think it's great that you came on here and just said a bunch of very reasonable, level-headed things about the system that we're living in and what our options are. Um, yeah, I don't know what possesses people to go into like comment sections, especially and just say the dumbest shit possible. But they love to defend liberals what, and Bernie Man and shit. What? 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 It's because we know we're all we're all petrified. We know that we're all somewhat guilty because we allowed it to happen. We all went with the flow, and and this was like a mirror to the liberals instead of the usual, like protesting outside a politician's house. It was like, guys, we need you too. You're part of the fight. We live on the same planet, you know? You don't have tickets to another planet. <laughs> uh, and I also realized that, that you Americans have a different relationship with the road than Europeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the road here is the open sea. It's my right to drive. Where, where 
were in parts of Europe, not all of Europe, protest is much more, and blocking the street disruption is, is more normal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you're blocking the road on social media, they block the road. No, man, no. you can't get in my way of... of Oh, but that's what disruption is. And people are like, well, people wanted to go home. But guys, I don't know if you, you read the news today, Washington Post, the five major insurance companies are removing natural disasters from home insurance. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have homes. They're telling you, they're preparing. <laughs> you know, and like, 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 it's not even, I'm not even, I'm not even quoting radical, crazy lefty platforms. The Washington Post, the five biggest insurance companies are starting to pull back on natural disasters, when like we're not gonna have a home unless we all really start getting naughty and start disrupting civil disobedience. That's the only way. Yeah. No, I mean that's a great point you make about the road. Like the fact that so many states have passed laws allowing people to just shoot protesters if they're blocking the road. God forbid. It's like literally they're counting it as if it's a crime punishable by death right then and there. Like not even a trial by a jury or anything. They just say if you're blocking the road. You can be killed by these people who have guns, and they all fucking do because Ted Cruz openly advocated it, like for executing protesters on the spot. Yeah, not good yeah, guys. It has to seem really wild really? to Europeans, especially. Bells are ringing. I mean, it's falling apart there too. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you again, Tomas. Like I said, this was great, and come back anytime if you want to update us on the conditions of the protest. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invite. It's been great. Thank you.